technically true by Tanay Pan. Welcome to Technically True, a podcast about public speaking, developer relations, and technology. I'm your host, Tane. Today, I'm joined by Tessa Kriesel. Hey, Tessa. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for joining us. I am very happy to be here. So Tessa is the head of developer relations at Fast and founder of Devocate, where Tessa has helped many developer-focused startups grow their developer audience and better their developer experience. Tessa, tell us a bit more about yourself. Yeah, I mean, you you kind of nailed it there. But um, to add a little bit more color to that, I am a self-taught developer. I have no official college degree, which I like to talk about because I think it's it's cool, um, um, especially to meet other folks who I know kind of fall in the same bucket as me. Um, so I started out doing a lot of agency work, a lot of web dev work, and then kind of moved into DevRel and, and have moved into, um, you know, leading and creating really robust programs, working with really awesome DevRel teams. And I feel very privileged to be at Fast. They are a really awesome company that is growing very quickly and doing some incredibly impressive work that I'm so proud to be a part of. Um, and really also super excited to, to continue to work on Devocate, to continue to a few clients here and there as I have time, but also um, excited about the future of what Devocate is, is to be one day. Oh, that's exciting. And uh, you also mentioned that you have built cross-functional developer relations team before. So can you share some nuggets from your experience? Oh, goodness. That is definitely a loaded question. So I have lots of little nuggets I could share there. Um, to try to summarize there, I think, because I could talk about this for, hour, for hours and hours, but um, I actually have like this eight pillar model that I've established. Um, and I'm actually writing a white paper on this. So if, if you're listening and, and this intrigues you, not sure when this will be published, but the white paper should be out um, by the end of February on, on my website, Devocate. But the idea here is thinking about these eight different pillars of DevRel, and I'll lay them out kind of slowly and just explain each of them quickly. Um, so the first one is attract. I look at attract as a lot of very similarities to marketing where you're trying to like build a familiarity, you're trying to build a brand, you're trying to um, just get the word out there that you exist. And so it's really important, obviously, to be trying to attract those new developers, especially when you're working with a new product or a new team. Uh, the second pillar is inspire. Uh, I see that as a way to allow your developer audience to essentially put themselves in a place where they're using your product. Um, so here the focus is a lot of relatability, developers envisioning themselves using their product, doing things that help developers see that your product can serve a purpose and a solution for them. Um, and, and I like to say that, that that kind of pillar actually aligns really nicely with sales. Again, we never talk about DevRel having sales quotas and I'm sure we'll dive into that throughout this call, but um, just thinking about when a developer can envision themselves using a product, that's usually when they're ready to buy. Um, and I see kind of attract and inspire as sort of those like alternative sales and marketing orgs. Um, the third one is educate, and that actually goes along really nicely with support. And so those two kind of come together, educate and support. Um, and I'm not thinking of support in like a customer success matter. I'm thinking of support in providing all the resources necessary to support your developer audience and provide them what they need to move forward. And oftentimes we're doing that through a lot of really robust education. Um, and so that's why educate and support kind of come together. Um, to be able to just provide, provide all that information that the developers need to be able to do that sales click in that previous Inspire. Um, listening is, is the fifth one I like to talk about. Um, 
So listen is really the idea of like taking whatever it is that your developer audience is doing and talking about and bringing that back into your product. So thinking about developer feedback programs, having that feedback loop with your product company or product team, I should say, um, and just really like honing in and listening to that audience. Um, not in order, these are definitely not in order of, of most importance, but all they're really all super important, um, is engage. I look at engage um, as arguably one of the most important. It's really the idea of building a sense of community among your developer audience. It isn't just spinning up a community forum and, and trying to bring people to the same place. It's like really getting to know your community and building what they need, building what's going to be a purpose and a sense of actual community for them. Um, that's kind of what I classify as engaged there. Um, and then oh, let me think here, the last two, last two are um, super important to uh, recruit is one of them. Oftentimes DevRel is really serving a purpose with the engineering org and some of the other orgs within that company. Um, you know, DevRel tends to be the groups that are out there talking more to customers, talking more to pres prospective buyers, um, just out there talking to the community. And it's really nice to have the ability to, to keep some of that recruiting in the back of your mind and, and continue to support it and, and bring awesome people in. When you find that, that power user, or I like to call them your super fan, um, bringing them back into uh, your company to allow them to work with you is what I think is incredibly valuable. Um, and the last, but definitely not least, my absolute favorite is Elevate. Um, Elevate is the idea of taking your developer audience, your customers, your super fans, as I call them, and giving them a stage and giving them a, a space to grow and flourish. And, and through that flourishing, they're bringing your company along with you. They're talking positively about your brand and your product offerings and the things that um, your product has done to, to really change their lives. And so Elevate is by far my favorite. It isn't one that is always comes naturally to a lot of developer relations teams. And, and sometimes it takes a little bit of growth, but you really can start that with one developer at a time and just build them up. And as you build them up, you're, you're uh, helping build your company at the same time. So lots of things I could say about that. That was probably a crazy long answer, but um, watch for the white paper for sure. And I have, I have lots of opinions about these different pillars and how they all kind of play together. Um, and how, as you're doing various projects with DevRel, almost every single pillar can be included if you're doing it right. I love it, especially the part about Elevate. And uh, which reminds me, when we last chatted, you talked about your approach to advocacy, where you not only focus on enablement, but also on helping the community members elevate their profiles. So can you tell us a bit more about that? I would love to. If it's not clear yet, Elevate is by far my favorite pillar. Um, I get a little more excited about it because I love allowing developers to like flourish and grow and see them expand in their career. And, and when you do elevate right, you're doing all of that and so much more. I mentioned elevate, like I said, in those eight pillars, and, and that's where a lot of these opportunities come up. Um, I think it's incredibly important that you build a strong DevRel team that, that can build your developer audience, that can help um, build that familiarity and that reputation among the developer community. Um, but I've also found myself thinking when budgets and headcounts are maxed out, how do we scale our efforts? Um, and that's taken me down this wonderful journey um, of building impactful developer customer advocacy programs. So it's key, like I said, to have that, that internal DevRel team, but having the ability to elevate the developers that are in your audience and who are your customers um, and provide them a value far beyond the value that they provide back to your company. Um, I think that it, it's a really important and valuable and impactful way to scale your developer relations teams in outside of your internal team and, and that kind of limiting budget sometimes. Cool. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. 
And um, I'm curious about this. Like DevRel has been around for a while now. And sometimes we see teams operating too transactionally when dealing with the communities that can sometimes harm their reputation, their relationship. And as a result of this, companies often see a decline in the impact of DevRel. So how can companies be wary of these things? Yeah, we definitely talked about that last time. It is something that I think is, um, I don't think is is a big problem, but I do think that there's a little bit of this happening among the space and among the developer relations ecosystem. And and I think it's really important that we all play a part in, in making sure that we're continuing to be trustworthy and authentic individuals. Um, and I think it's imperative that DevRel teams in general never have a sales or a leads quota. I knew it would come up. Um, I know we had talked about this before, but um, and it, when you give them that leads quota or that that thing that they absolutely have to accomplish. Um, I know that they've got projects they got to accomplish and obviously they have goals and things that they want to attain to. But when you give them that hard quota around a sales lead or capturing information or a you know qualified lead of any kind, it really begins to take away from their ability to be truly transparent um, and focus on trust building. Uh, eventually you start to slowly, you know, start pushing someone a little bit harder for that lead, or maybe you're, you're being just a little bit more persistent in the way that you're responding. Um, and then you kind of start to like lose that sense of trust with those developers, right? Because they are very smart individuals um, and they're going to pick up on that. Um, and, um, and developers really enjoy talking to their peers. They enjoy being around other people like them. So if they have a negative experience with your DevRel team, or if they've got a pushy you know, developer advocate or someone who's out in the space talking about your product, um, those are things that can actually tarnish the intent of your developer relations team, which is to build that trust, right? Yeah. Um, and so just being really cautious about that and just making sure that um, you know, you're doing DevRel in the most authentic and, and trust building way you can. Right. And if situations like this happen, uh, how can trust be rebuilt in such cases? Man, trust is such a hard thing. I mean, when you even think about like relationships, right? Like you're thinking back to like when you're dating or you're thinking back to like when you're, you know, first harnessing that, that physical, that relationship and that actual partnership with, with someone that you, you know, might be engaging with like that. It's the same thing you built. If you break trust there, it's incredibly hard to build up. And so really thinking about, I don't want you to think about developers like you're dating them because that's weird, but thinking about them in a way where you're still building a relationship with them, right? You're still trying to, um, do all the things that matter when you're doing relationships. And so when you build that trust, I think the, the biggest thing that you can do to try to bring that back is just admit that you were wrong. Admit that you might have done something um, that wasn't the best way to go about it. And I know as a company that can be incredibly hard to do, especially if you've got um, a really high scale company, a really um, one that's got a lot of exposure and a lot of news outlets looking at it. Um, I previously worked at Twitter, something similar like that, where someone is always kind of looking at, at what you're doing and, and what you're up to, um, but trying in every way possible to be able to say like, hey, we didn't make the best decision time, but here's what we're doing to change that. Here's what we are implementing. Here's how our product is going to be built. Um, here is any and every detail that we can possibly provide to them because the more transparent that you can be, the more that they will begin to see that you can trust them because you're starting to give them information and make them feel comfortable about what you're up to. Um, so admit, admit you're wrong if you can, um, and be as transparent as you possibly can be moving forward to try to bring that back. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 
And you've also mentioned that uh, you're a founder yourself and are working on a product. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Oh, I would love to talk about that. Um, so my product will eventually, well, it's called Devicate. Um, so the idea um, is really advocating with developers. Um, as you've already probably figured out, the customer advocacy angle of DevRel is just such a huge passion for me. And I think it's more than anything, like I love building communities. And when you build these, these types of programs and um, and these offerings for your developer customers, it really builds a very strong sense of community with them because they're already your customers, they already like your product, but when they see you start to engage back, they suddenly have this like admiration for your product. So instead of just being a passive customer, you've turned them into what I call a promoter um, or a super fan is, is more of the term I like to use. Um, and so when you're able to do that, then you know, you're able to get your customers out there talking about your product, you're able to get them out there advocating on your behalf, and sometimes without you even having to do anything. However, there are a lot of times where they need just a little bit of push, they need a little bit of guidance, um, and you maybe as like a program leader might need a little bit of guidance, like, I know I want a customer advocacy program, but how do I start? I don't have any customers, I can't possibly have a customer advocacy program without customers, which is untrue, let me tell you that. Um, it's a great way to build customers, get that first customer, get them talking about your product, then the second customer talks. And before you know it, you've got 10 customers instead of one. So um, there's no two, the, no company is too small, but let me get to what Devicate is. So the idea of Devicate is, is building these very strong developer customer advocacy programs. Um, I'm currently working on launching a membership-based community that's going to serve three different audiences, one being developers, teaching them how to do developer advocacy-like tasks. How do they get into DevRel? What are career soft skills they need? What are some of the um, programming skills that they need? What are the things that they've learned in their career that can leverage them well to that? Um, the second is companies. So companies who are trying to target developers in any way, shape, or form. So it could be a marketing leader who is just trying to build an audience of developers. Um, and they can come to Devicate. They can learn about customer advocacy. They can learn about how developers think. I've got lots of content on how developers consume things and how they think about things and what they're motivated by. Um, and that community would continue to educate them to um, learn a lot more about that and be able to really tap into that customer audience. Um, and then the, the first or the third one, sorry, the third audience on my community um, is community leaders. So people like you and I who are trying to build these programs, who are on DevRel teams, maybe we're new DevRel leaders for the first time and we're trying to just like guide our way through what we're doing. Um, the community will have lots of awesome content that, that's included with memberships to help you build that program and guide you. Um, and that's really exciting. I'm really um, pumped to launch that. That's going to be launching here throughout the month. It's it's ready for signups, but my content's not quite launched yet. Um, but the, the path with this community is to teach people about how great customer advocacy can truly be um, because Devicate's end goal is actually to be a SaaS product that will serve a customer advocacy purpose, allowing you to engage with your customers at just the right time and just the right place do they want a Twitter DM? Do they want an email? Do they want to be pinged on Slack? Like what's the right spot and how do you get them? Um, and so that the software will do all of that. There will also be journeys built on top of that that will guide founders and DevRel leaders and marketing leaders and all the folks working with developers on all the different tasks they want, whether it be developer feedback, whether it be customer advocacy, whether it be launching a product on the very first day and trying to approach and, and bring in those developer audiences. So um, lots more to come, but that's kind of my, not really TLDR because I was pretty long, but at least that's a, a good pitch on, on what Devicate um, will be and is, is today.
No, that's really exciting. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm very excited. And what advice would you give to founders who are looking to build communities around their product? Yeah, this is such an important, you know, I feel like this is going to be the most talked about topic this entire year. I don't know for you as like a podcast guest, you probably can relate. Um, community is just such a important thing, especially with the last year of being, you know, quarantined and trying to stay at home and try to stay safe and, and not engaging in a physical community anymore. Um, it means we're all kind of staying at home and it, um, some of us are made for this, right? Some developers are like, yes, this is my jam. And I've, I've admittedly enjoyed a little bit of it, a little bit less expectations to be out and about, yeah. but they also enjoy their peers and they like people and they want to be able to talk to other smart developers like them. It's really uncommon. I'm sure like you can relate to that a developer makes a decision without validating it with somebody else, right? They might at least have a conversation. They might talk tech stack. They might talk approach. Um, architecture, whatever it might be, and, and they want to do that. And whether you are targeting a developer audience or whether you're targeting a non-developer audience, folks want to be with their people. If somebody else tells me that they love dogs, I'm like, mm, mm -hmm. you're my people. Where are we going? What are we doing together? How are we going to hang out? Can I have your phone number? Can you send me pics of your dogs? It's it's just like the instant connection, right? And so if you're building a product, I don't care what your product is, starting with a community is going to be what my top recommendation always is. Um, there is one company that I love to call out in this situation. Um, if you take a look at Comsor, it's C-O-M-M-S-O-R. They're actually a really awesome, robust operating system for your community. Um, but what they did is they actually started a community. It's called the Community Club. Um, and what they did this to really like leverage the power of community because they knew that folks that cared about building community would be their customers, right? And so they're like, why don't I build a community for my community leaders who are going to be my customers. And before you know it, you've built this reputation. And, and now I've gotten to know their entire team. They're all so awesome. And I, I have actually never signed a contract to use their product, but I've seen it and it's awesome. And I am so invested in what they're doing because of the way that they approached their product. They approached it through authentic relationship building. And when I get presented to a new product through a community or through a very authentic way of building that relationship, you can guarantee I am sold for life because that is exactly how I want to be approached and exactly how I feel companies can be most successful getting started. I don't care about that topic at all. I mean, that, you know, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> right. And how can founders ensure that they are setting up their devrel teams for success? Oof, this is a loaded question too. Um, and I have so many opinions on this one. I think to, um, to kind of summarize like where I see this one, I think finding a solid leader is the smartest choice that you can make, um, especially someone who has experience um, or at least someone who has like a really strong knack for your developer audience. So finding someone who's got that natural knack for building community and, and, and strategizing the right ways to go about something, but has that influence in your community. Um, if you're not able to hire a leader first, and I know that this happens so frequently that um, I probably should just start 
coming up with ways to adapt to this because it's rare that people hire a leader first. But um, if you're in that boat where you want to hire a developer advocate first, you're not the only one. Lots of people like to do that. Um, but I would say find someone who at least has developer relations experience, who has been through some of these developer advocacy tasks in the past, especially if they're your first hire, because they're not going to know the kind of ins and outs and the intricacies and just like the tips and some of the tricks of, of being able to present DevRel in the most positive way. Um, it is a department that can be pretty pricey. Um, and if you're not setting that person up for success, then they're going to really struggle to come around and be able to prove that impact and that ROI for the company. Um, I mean, DevRel is really hard to prove in general, even if you are a super experienced leader. Um, and so just making sure that you're setting them up for success. If you are really determined to hire a developer advocate as that first person and you find someone and they're just a solid, solid uh, kind of lead in their developer community, then at least find someone that you can bring in from a consulting angle who can help you build some strategy, help you build out some of that tracking, um, and just help you make sure that the developer advocate that you bring in really is going to be set up for success and has some of that leadership uh, information that maybe you can't provide as someone who, who as a founder maybe haven't been in DevRel yourself either. Right. And I'm really curious to know what your DevRel toolkit looks like. Yeah, definitely Comser. Like they, oh, their tool is so cool with your different community members. And it shows you like where they're most active in different platforms, which again, I haven't actually got to implement it in my career yet. I just was able to meet the lovely uh, Comser team within the last few months. But just walking through and seeing some of what it does, like they're so in tune with community and it's... um. You know, there's a lot of like discussion over DevRel versus community and those things, but really they're kind of one and the same because at the end of the day, you're building those authentic relationships and that's what matters. So having that operating system to be like, whoa, it looks like my developers spend most of their time on Twitter or most of their time in our Slack. Um, you know, it's just, it just really depends. So um, I have an answer I prepared because I know we talked about this because my list is just so long. Um, but I actually started my DevRel career in open source. And so I had to make small budgets stretch really far. I'm sure a lot of other people can relate to that. So I do not actually have a lot of premium tools in my toolbox. I have definitely added them over time, but I think those are things that for any team, you can slowly bring those in as you can get um, some budget and, and build some of that impact to prove that value. Um, but I use a lot of tools like Zapier or Tray, um, and I use those for the automation side, right? So I, I also use Airtable in like deep, deep, complex ways. And so I've got some filtering and automations and I, I like have a whole developer CRM. Um, sometimes I've had the experience of using HubSpot, which can be nice, especially if you, um, you know, if you need to, you can use the HubSpot free version. The other versions are great too, but especially when you're like on that low budget, any form of like a CRM where you can track your developers and, and what they're up to and how they're engaging with you and what they care about. Um, is always incredibly valuable. So any way that you can find some tool for that. Um, Tracker, I actually love Tracker and I don't think a lot of people in the DevRel space know about it. I just got really lucky to get introduced to it. Um, and it's T-R-A-A-C-K-R. -A -A so not how you'd expect it to be spelled. Mm -hmm. And it's basically like a social influencer tool, which I know, hear me out, that sounds bad because influencers like just a word that devs do not like. Um, but it allows you to be able to say like, hey, here is like my perfect customer. Maybe they're a super fan. They love your tooling. They love what you do. They're constantly praising you. And you're like, wow, how do I get more of these customers? 
Tracker allows you to be able to see what is publicly on the internet and find someone who might be similar or who might be within that network of people. So it really allows you that ability to start to let your advocates kind of shine through, like who are the ones that make sense, um, but also possibly ways for you to start to track down who could be some good thought leaders if you're working with, um, like I said, there's ways to do customer advocacy without customers, find a thought leader. So if you're looking to kick that off with a thought leader, it's a great tool for that. Um, let's see what else I got here. So mention social listening is huge. Awario is really good at that. Again, I've been able to skirt by with some trials sometimes. Um, I have had the opportunity to be able to pay for the services too, which is great. If your budget allows, I encourage it. Um, Hootsuite, I do a lot of social um, engagement and social sharing, and that might be uncommon um, for my, for, you know, certain DevRel teams to do. But for me, I'm a people person. I'm like the community leader at heart. And so I'm always like, how can we engage in every possible way? Um, so looking at some of those social toolings, of course, Slack, Slack and Discord, um, but I always say do that with a bot. I know it's really easy to say, boom, let's have a Slack community, boom, let's have a Discord community, but they are all behind login walls and every single conversation that is taking place is not a lead generator for you because it's stuck behind that login wall. So build a bot, get it out in, in discourse, get it out in vanilla forums, get it out in forum, get it out in circle. There's so many great community tools out there for, for community forums and engagement. So don't let your content die in Slack. Um, I think that's, that's really like my overall toolkit. I've probably got so many more, but like I said, I really try to have low budget tools and leverage some automation and some workflows, um, to be able to do that. So, um, and, and mainly for, I mean, there's a couple of reasons. One of the main reasons is that DevRel can be a very expensive team, especially when we're traveling and we're attending conferences. I know that's not a thing right now, but one day maybe that will come back. And, and so I've got this mentality that I want my team to be, I want to be lean in the right places, right? I want to make sure that my team members get to stay in nicer hotels and they don't have to feel like they're, they're burdened by travel and being away from their family and make sure that they feel comfortable and then maybe cut a little budget in other places where it's like, cool, we can like build this ourselves or we can automate this. Um, and so that's kind of my mentality on that toolbox. Cool. Finally, any advice or words of wisdom for folks looking to start out their DevRel career? Oh, I have like so many words of wisdom. Okay, so I'm going to say start with customer advocacy. It's pretty easy to start to see if we look at, especially some of our favorite products, right? Like if we look at something that we use every single day, we're probably pretty clear on like, oh, this could improve here, this could improve there, but man, it is so cool that it does this. It's so cool that it does that. Um, talk about those things, like rave about those companies, because eventually when you get into a developer advocacy role, you're going to want some of those skills where you're able to see the value and what that company might need and how you can help them grow. Um, also starting to build up, uh, like, I don't really want to say a blog because blogs can be a little bit boring, but some representation around um, like your ability to create really cool content. It could be a Twitch stream. It could be a YouTube stream. It could be a podcast, which is a super awesome idea. It could be um, maybe you write tutorials. Like that's all you do. You don't write blog posts because you don't want to talk about it. You just want to teach people how to do stuff. Mm -hmm. um, whatever it is that is your interest, like take that, harness that and, and, and let it out. Like I think we talked about those eight pillars um, yeah. and just envision yourself and like, how can I play a role in my favorite company and how can I dive into each of those pillars? Um, because whatever you do, if you build a tutorial for that company, they're going to find you. If they're doing 
all the things that um, awesome companies can do with social listening and advocacy and their awesome DevRel teams, they'll find you and they'll want to elevate that work. And so just start doing developer advocacy-like tasks and get yourself out there. Um, and please reach out to me if you feel like you're looking for you know, career tips or whatever, it's free to get a developer account on Devikit. And I am planning to load that site up with tons of awesome content on how to get into DevRel. Awesome. Tessa, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure having you in the show. Thank you so much for having me. I know I can be really chatty and talk fast, but I'm always available to ask questions and, and reach out to on the internet. I'm pretty much an open book. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to Technically True a podcast about public speaking, developer relations, and technology. Hosted and produced by Tanepan.